0: You know it started with finding one and then maybe a few days later it was finding another one um, and it, you know it just went from there it just kept going
1: hello i'm phil moorhart associate editor of american libraries the magazine of the american library association welcome to the dewey decimal podcast in early 2017, a one steak sauce bottles began mysteriously appearing in the stacks at Avon Lake Public Library in Avon Lake, Ohio. How did they get there? Who would do such a thing? And why? In this special Halloween episode of the Dewey Decimal Podcast, American Library's Associate Editor, Tara Dinkowski, attempts to answer those questions and more as we investigate the A1 mystery of Avon Lake.
2: If you want to know the real reason, I rode a megabus 14 hours to and from Avon Lake, Ohio, a quiet town on Lake Erie about 22 miles west of Cleveland, with a population of 23,000. It's photograph. It's photographed from the Illyria Chronicle Telegram of Jill Ralston. She's standing behind 27 empty, cleaned, and delabeled A1 sauce bottles on a shelf in her library, just below the mysteries section sign, holding one bottle in her hand and the headline reading, A Real Who Done It at Avon Lake Public Library. Someone had been stashing these A1 bottles in the library's stacks, and there weren't many leads. This photograph has been hanging in my office since March, and the library would eventually find 57 bottles in total, including two suspected copycats. Dewey Decibel had long batted around the idea of investigating an unsolved library mystery, and I guess we always went back to the photo. We knew it had to be this mystery, in all its ridiculous, condiment-obsessed grandeur. Maybe we could be the ones to crack a case that had gone cold. Avon Lake Public Library welcomed this very detective with open arms and empty bottles. I ended up interviewing 11 former and current employees for this episode. Can you state your name and job title?
3: Uh, My name is Dan Cotton and I'm the page supervisor at Avon Lake Public Library.
4: I'm Vicki George, I'm a circulation uh, specialist. Mary,
2: uh, can you tell us when you served as director at the Avon Lake Public Library? I was director from April
5: of 2002 through the end of June 2017. I'm
0: Diane Davis-Russell. I am the Circulation Manager at the Avon Lake Public Library.
6: Uh, My name is Rachel Elizabeth Price, and I work as a page at the Avon Lake Library.
7: Sure, I'm Kalita DeChant, and I'm a page here at the Avon Lake Library.
8: My name is Shay Altmont, and I am the Public Relations and Marketing Coordinator at the
0: Avon Lake Public Library. Jill Ralston, and I was the
2: PR Marketing Coordinator here at Avon Lake Public Library.
9: My name is William Rutger and I am the Director.
2: Um, so when did you start working at Avon Lake Public Library? I have been here for 27 years.
10: Jason Mahone, uh, Security Officer at the Avon Lake Library.
2: Dan Cotton found the first bottle. He walked me through the early stages of discovery. Dan, you were the first person to find an A1 bottle. Uh, could you take me back to that day, tell me where and how you came across it?
3: Well, it was uh, uh, January 11th. It was a cold, uh, windy day, snowing outside, and uh, I had a uh, assignment to clear out old newspapers and magazines from our collection. And um, I didn't get too far into it when all of a sudden I opened up a shelf to clear out the backlog of old papers, uh, and I noticed the uh, bottle top of, uh, of a bottle in. The, in amongst the papers, and my thought: What is this doing here? Uh, what a strange location! Um, so I took the bottle and uh, kind of put it aside and did my did what I was supposed to do. But I brought it up to the circulation desk and I showed it around. I brought it to uh, my boss and showed it to her, and you know, anybody have an idea why this would be in newspapers? And, Of course, no one knew and uh, we started pondering then all the different scenarios, Uh, but I put it on my desk and thought, you know, not too much of it after that, but what a a strange thing. Uh, It was on uh, four days later when one of my pages, one of my student pages, uh, found the second bottle and it was like, what the heck? (laughs) Uh, This was in audiobooks that she found it. And uh, uh, she kind of knew that we had found the first one. I had been showing the pages, so it wasn't a total surprise. But, uh, you know, when you see it for the first time, you think, what a strange place for something like that.
6: Well, I actually found the second A1 bottle that we ever came across in audiobooks. It was stuffed, be- in, well, behind a few audiobooks. And it made them jut out, obviously, so I thought that was weird. And when I tried pushing them back, it wouldn't, so I took them out, and there was the A1 bottle. It was really odd. And then I found another one, one of the last few days that I was working there. I went to shelf something in the large print mystery, and I noticed something brown in the background, because some of the books were taken out, so you could see part of the back, and it was another A1 bottle. those were the only two
11: that I came across. Well, I was in the um, book discussion section um, where we have books that are um, multiple copies. And I was uh, with another staff member, and we were reviewing some of those copies, what to keep on the shelf. And I took one of the books out, and there was the bottle behind the uh, book discussion books.
3: A lot of the bottles were hidden such that uh, the cap was slightly exposed behind the books and if you walked the right way down the aisle, you could see that cap, but if you walked the wrong way, you couldn't catch it at all. Uh, Over time, we found that a lot was happening around nonfiction and um, we still couldn't determine anything. Uh, We have a few cameras in the library, but a lot of our cameras are centered around our entrances and not down our aisles. Um, our, uh, the cameras that, that did pick up aisles are uh, set up so they react to motion. And sometimes that motion is has already happened and it's catching a later type of motion. So we had a lot of trouble watching the cameras for uh, maybe placement of the bottles in a, you know, by an individual.
2: When, when did you start taking notes? How far along in the mystery?
3: Well, we got about the first five, and I thought maybe I should be keeping uh, location and uh, keeping a record of who found them. Uh, the other thing we did after about the first 11 was we started a map, but it was so uh, hard to write, kind of see anything, and this didn't have the shelves on it, It really didn't uh, give us anything Uh, so this was just a start to uh, trying to plot out where they were and uh, is there a pattern and it's like they're all over
0: and I'm like Dan you need to start writing down like where these are found we need to chart this and so you know he took copious notes um, oh I've seen them Okay, over (laughs) the course of of the months that this was going on on you know where uh, if it was found in non-fiction or fiction or in audio or, or wherever, and the exact location.
10: I remember when I got there and I seen him, I always talked to Dan, he was my buddy, and um, he said, I found one, and I was like, sweet, you know, whatever. So I go and then I come by, I find one, I go to Dan, I go, look, I just found another one. And within probably a 20-minute
7: span, I think me and him found six. I only found one, number 15.
2: Number 15. See, I knew
7: it was number 15.
2: <laughs> you know the number.
7: I had to know the number, yeah.
2: Uh, take me back to that day of, of number 15. Well, where, where did you find it? Uh, I was just feel? doing my
7: usual. I go through the magazines, I pull the old ones, and try to straighten things up. And I <clears throat> look under the Princeton file, and oh, oh, laying down. And I was actually behind an area. I was like, somebody really put this in a secretive place. But I, that's where I found it under the Princeton in, um, in the
2: entertainment section, believe it or not. For the uninitiated, A1 sauce, formerly known as A1 Steak Sauce, is a condiment associated with, well, meat. It's widely available in the US and Canada and went into production in 1831. It was renamed A1 in 1873. That's three years before the American Library Association was founded. Our researcher, Carrie Smith, found that 90.63 million Americans used A1 sauce in 2016. And the general consumption trend has increased since the start of the decade. So that really doesn't narrow our suspect
3: pool. Uh, this brown bottle, no label. Um, if you unscrew the top, it was clean. Uh, it's with a faint smell of A1 sauce. Uh, Are you familiar with that smell? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, as a kid, I used it more than I've used it as an adult, so I kind of knew it. But what was funny is whenever we talked about it, we all have bottles in our you know pantry or fridge, and they're there forever. So you know, as we're seeing all these bottles come on uh, hidden in our library, it's like, who uses that much A1 sauce? Yeah. <laughs> they were so clean that I really think they, were, they had to be used, put in a dish, dishwasher yeah. uh, because they were just absolutely so clean. I mean, you could hardly feel like there was any glue
2: yeah.
3: uh, holding the label on.
2: And that's hard to do.
3: Exactly. You usually rip something off of a bottle yeah. and it's all white from the glue and the paper that remained on there.
5: You know, these bottles are clean as a whistle. They were all clean as a whistle. They'd all been through the dishwasher and, um, you know, all the labels had been soaked off, and that's sort of labor-intensive.
6: We sniffed them <laughs> to see if they, like, smelled like anything. They just smelled like soap. So they were, like, completely clean.
3: They were
7: clean. They are absolutely clean, sparkling clean. I said, somebody spent time on these.
3: It got to be after the, you know, the first four or five, that's when we started Thinking, what what kind of game is this? Uh, who's doing this, and uh, what what's the setup? Where are they being placed? And uh, we couldn't figure out uh, any rhyme or reason uh, because we didn't have enough information at that time.
0: Because I think initially um, we needed to eliminate um, anything harmful going on, you know, which we figured out very very quickly that you know there was um, nothing bad going on with these bottles
5: you know when we were i don't know five to ten bottles in i thought to myself i don't think there's any malice aforethought here i think it's just somebody having a good time with the library no one is trying to do anybody or the library any harm. Because, I, you know, as the administrator, I mm-hmm. I had to think that way too. Yeah. You know, there was never any liquid in the bottles that we needed to be suspicious about or anything
2: like that. It was just one of these quirky little things. As a librarian, do you, do you like a good mystery?
11: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I mean, I'm a mystery reader and it, it just got to be kind of fun. It became an adventure to see it. I was almost d- disappointed that initially I didn't find one.
9: <laughs> it was uh, It was not brought up in my interview, but I will say because I was aware of it, I uh, sent an A1 bottle, a new bottle, to the board, uh, along with my thank you letter for, uh, for interviewing and everything else like that too. So I definitely uh, leaned into the, the Bandit story heavily to, to secure my position.
2: The A1 mystery was becoming too good and too odd for library employees to stand idly by. They started investigating, theorizing, and exploring all angles after it became apparent this was some sort of game.
3: Yeah, we wanted to find a pattern, and we think we'd have one and then it would change, but over time we discovered they were all in adult area. There was nothing in young adult, there was nothing in children's, there was nothing in our uh, children's play area, our discovery works. Uh, And there were very few close to the circulation desk. And finally you figure out, well, maybe someone doesn't want to be caught putting them out. uh, Because we can see certain aisles from circulation. But where we were finding the bottles, we usually uh, couldn't see uh, clearly anybody doing something like putting a bottle on a shelf.
0: And at one point, we even were um, pinpointing them on a floor map of the library to see if it was making any kind of a code or, you know, a picture or something that, that would tell us some other clue, but I mean, that wasn't what was behind it at all.
2: Yeah. And, and do you think someone's drinking it or using it? or pouring it down the sewer? Like, where where does does the sauce
3: go? Longest time, we did think it was maybe some um, uh, buddy who's working in a restaurant and had access to bottles like this that would be used more frequently and then cleaned out. They'd have the dishwasher right there and get them cleaned out, and that's who was bringing them in.
7: Initially, we thought maybe it was um, a geocaching kind of thing. Because we would find teenagers in the stacks looking at their cell phones, sometimes in groups of two or three. So we thought, well, maybe it's a geocaching thing and they're they're looking for the bottles. But we were never able to find out if that's what it was. We all signed on to geocaching sites and nothing
8: ever came up. Of course, you know, when I came in, Jill, of course, let me know that, you know, they didn't have any idea who it was. So it was definitely still a mystery. I mean, it could be anybody,
2: it could have been staff or someone off the street. Uh, maybe this A1 mystery was sort of a guerrilla marketing tactic. Uh, can, can you see how someone might suspect you, uh, you know, or point out how the library might benefit from this? Oh, like as an inside job? Yeah, like to, to get yeah, this attention. Uh, yeah, I could yeah. see that. I, I, I
0: don't know. And libraries are very, very clever, but we did not come up with this. Did they work in a restaurant or a steakhouse,
11: or are they connoisseurs kind of, of A1 steak sauce.
2: As, something, as someone who worked in loss prevention when most of the, the bottles were found, the 55 bottles, um, you had access to security footage. So what I want to know is, were, were staffers coming up to you and, and asking you who done it?
10: Yes, yes. I mean, everybody. I mean, everybody was, we tried so hard to figure it out and the person that did do it, uh was very, very good. Uh, the only thing we really found when we would go back and look at the footage is there was only a few in, uh, times that the person put the bottles where there was a camera.
5: A1 Steak Sauce is, what, $4 a bottle? And we got up to over 50 bottles, and that's an investment.
2: Here's a basic timeline. The first bottle was found on January 11th, 2017. The last bottle, which is technically number 55, if we're not counting the suspected copycat bottles, was found on August 9th, 2017. But because number 55 was found so far behind the others, everyone just assumed it was a bottle that was originally overlooked. I asked all the staffers when they first learned about the mystery, because there's been some turnover at Avon Lake Public Library. Mary Creehor retired as director in June, and Jill Ralston retired as PR and marketing coordinator in August, while William Rutgers started as director in July, and Shay Altmont started as PR and marketing coordinator in August. Jason Mahone and Rachel Price left in June and July, respectively. So if you want to know of the people we're interviewing, who's been working at the library the entire time the mystery has progressed, that would be Dan Cotton, Kalita DeChant, Vicky George, Naj Hersig, and Diane Russell but it should also be noted that both William and Shay knew about the A1 bottles prior to interviewing for their positions. Tell me about the cookies. I first saw the cookies on Twitter. Mm-hmm. They're, you baked them, they're in the shape of A1 sauce bottles, and you sent them to the library. Um, when, when did you do this? I'm trying to construct a timeline. Sure, um,
8: let's see. Well, I remember finding out about the story of the A1 bottles, like I said, kind of late spring or early summer. And I had always promised Jill that maybe I would make her some cookies. So I had an opportunity to, um, you know, get creative. And I thought, you know, it would just be fun to add to the mix and um, do something nice for her and nice for for the staff. You know, I love libraries. So, yeah, so I think it was around
2: the end of June that I brought in the cookies. Could you see how maybe um, sending cookies makes you look like a super fan? Like how you a library receiving your A1 cookies, they might think you're interested in the case or obsessed with the case or at least a person of interest.
8: Hmm, I mean, I could see that, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, you know, I'm just a baker making cookies, so I don't know, I mean, you could, you could say I was a fangirl of the A1 steak sauce mystery, but uh, I just wanted to bring some delicious
3: treats in for the, for the staff.
2: Uh, what is what has been the response or the, the chatter among the Avon lake community uh, because of this
3: well you know uh, a lot of people will come in they'll lay their books down to in returning them and they'll look at us and say you gotten any more a1 bottles and we'd be able to keep them updated on uh, what our status was others would come in and they'd say my my uh, My relative in Florida heard about a story with A1 bottles. What the heck is going on?
0: You know, they they would come to the desk and ask, you know, so what's going on? Have you figured out? You know, are you still finding them? And, you know, it just kind of became this really fun thing. You know, we were always watching when somebody came in, if they had a backpack, or just
4: looked a little suspicious like they were walking around, um, you know, just stopping, Sitting down at a desk and kind of just, we know somebody just kind of watching us. We were always suspicious, always suspicious.
10: I obviously found the most, but that was. Uh, my job was to just walk around. So it was easy for me to
0: look. Um, so we did create this display. We put all the bottles at that time. It was 50, over 50 um, at that time. We put them all in the display case. And um, I had some friends that have quite a sense of humor. And they went online and on eBay. And they found all this random A1 paraphernalia that we added to the display case. So it wasn't just bottles, which, you know, made for a, a, an entertaining display. But yeah, it definitely captivated people's interest and you would see them stopping and, and looking and reading the art newspaper article in case they had missed it. And Yeah,
10: yeah, we thought, I mean, between us and a few of the people, you know, that we would all, you know, that talked about it, you know, we, we tried to come up with a lot of different ways. I mean, but nothing, I don't know how it would work, you know, putting a spy out there, but then what if the guy didn't come that day? So it's a lot of you know, brainstorming on how can we trap, you know, like you said, trapping or, you know, how can we set something up so we could catch it, you know, in the act. That would have been better than on video.
2: Once the media started covering the story, did, did you have any reservations? Any fear that, oh, we're going to be known in Ohio as the Steak Sauce Library or... Even though it was sort of a playful
5: thing, I didn't want to go too public with this. Yeah. And boy, as soon as it, she put it on the Facebook page, you know, it was picked up by local media
2: and some national media, too. One of the things that got me out here is this magnificent photo of you in the Chronicle <laughs> that made the front page, apparently. Uh, this this hangs in my office. That's why there's a pinhole uh-huh. on top. and and you're my inspiration jill uh (laughs) this is a photo of you standing behind many upright bottles in the mystery section of the library um can you can you talk a little about the local and national media's interest in this story and some of the outlets you've talked to and how that came about
0: um because it all started with a facebook post and um i just i can't even recall that at the time we'd have to look back on our on the library's facebook feed but i just posted just a whimsical little thing with a picture of the bottles or something and a couple of days uh, later um, a reporter Brad from the Chronicle, Larry Chronicle, called me and said, you know, I want to bring my photographer out and, and do a story and at that time I think we were maybe in the 30s as far as the number of bottles, 30s, maybe getting close to 40 bottles. And um, I said, oh, you know, sure, okay, come on out. So he did, and he ran this story, and it was fun, and we got a bunch of giggles out of it. And then, like, within 48 hours, um, I was messaged on Facebook by an editor from the Huffington Post, and I thought, oh, oh, here we go. Well, I wasn't sure how far we were going. But then, while I'm responding to this um, gentleman from the Huffington Post, one of my colleagues comes in and says, "Jill, there is a reporter from People Magazine." I'm like, "No way!" And they said, "Yep, for sure." So I took that call, um, and of course, they were interested in in the story, and it ended up on People.com, um, and it just it just went from there. It's it's one of those things that you know you hear um, Facebook things or uh, YouTube videos or whatever going viral and you know that's a term you hear all the time but I have never experienced that <laughs> and this literally it, it went viral and um, I mean it didn't stop with people.com it was producers from Jimmy Kimmel calling that they had come across it and he thought it was just a hoot he just thought this was the funniest story um, but they wanted more information they wanted and we weren't there you know um, we had no idea what was going on.
2: And you know you say it kept going was there any fear that maybe the Avon Lake Public Library would be known as the Steak Sauce Library from <laughs> That's now? That's okay. Y- yeah? Yeah. I don't yeah. mind that. Okay, great. You know, it Good, was... No such thing as bad press? Exactly. Okay. Let's revisit those
3: copycat bottles that I mentioned.
2: In the library were, were there any deviations to the pattern?
3: Well there were two deviations over the course of the whole event. And uh, one was found by one of our uh, uh, circulation uh, staff. And she found it in Mysteries. And it had the label on it. And it was full. And it had a poem, a note attached to it. So that was, and it was upright. Most of the time we were finding these bottles uh, laying down. And. so it wasn't following the, the way we were finding most of the bottles. And when we talk about 55 bottles, there were actually 57, because we're not counting the two copycats.
2: You know, 57 is a Heinz number. That
3: tr- That is true, yes. Uh, here it is, March 23rd.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, copycat in Mystery, found by Vicky, But this one was a full bottle yeah. uh, with the label and then the note.
2: And do you think being planted in Mystery was pretty obvious?
3: Well, I think so, Yes.
2: You know,
4: I'm always looking at the shelves, just in case, because I wanted to find one. And um, I just happened to be walking down an aisle, and I, found, I noticed the bottle, but this bottle was different because this bottle wasn't laying down, this bottle was standing up, so I could see it. It was real obvious. So, when I took it off the shelf, it had an envelope attached to it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I thought, you know, I virtually thought, oh, maybe this is, you know, this it's going to be the person, we're going to have, you know, a name. So like I, a
2: like a signed confession yeah, or something? Yeah,
4: something that will, yeah, let us know who it was. So I grabbed it, I took it back, and I gave it
2: to my supervisor. I go, look what I found, it's got an envelope. I was so excited. You mentioned that the bottle was upright. Um, what else was different? Like, how, how did you determine that this was the, the copycat bottle?
4: Well, because no other bottle had, obviously no other bottle was standing up, so that was different. And um, it also, the bottle that I found, had the A1 label on it, where all the other bottles were stripped. So that's why this one was different.
2: Yeah, and yeah. Uh, what what was in
4: the envelope that was attached okay. to Okay, so in the envelope there was a letter. And if, I'll read it for you. Okay. Okay. Okay, this is what it said. If it is the brown elixir that you seek, step around and take a peek. Down south in the land where sun doth not shine, Betwixt a cleft dubbed rather asinine, if more clues you seek, simply follow this rhyme. Check amongst the lab of Frankenstein. What did you think after <laughs> reading this poem? I well, what after reading this, we went over to let so we um we Googled Frankenstein. We went to our um. Our search, and I immediately went over to any books that were about Frankenstein, thinking that they've hit a bottle over in that section. Of course, came up with nothing. So that's the only thing that I got out of this was like, okay, it must be over in the
2: Frankenstein section, but came up empty. Is it possible that maybe this bottle wasn't wasn't a copycat, but maybe whoever was doing it was changing their pattern or uh, escalating? You know how they were approaching hiding bottles. Um. I immediately thought this was a copycat
4: because it was just just so different. And it, like I said, it was standing up. It was, uh, the bottle wasn't stripped of the labeling. So I I immediately, because of the press that this had gotten, I thought, okay, somebody's, somebody's
3: getting in on the act. Okay, so we talked about Vicki's find. And then the other one was found by Marty Flynn, and it was a i would never seen this type of sauce before. It was a plastic bottle that looked like this. It was a Crown Collection steak sauce.
5: Well, it, uh, there were a couple of copycats around the state. And there we heard from a couple of directors, one or two directors, about a copycat. But I don't think
2: anybody had anything to the extent that we had with over 50 bottles. Uh, Do you think the bandit will resurface at any point during your leadership?
9: I don't know. Um, I had heard, uh, rumor has it, that there was a copycat or possibly that they were expanding their reach to another library in the state.
2: The A1 mystery proved difficult to solve via internal sleuthing. I had to wonder, what methods were exacted? Were the local authorities contacted? You didn't bag the evidence? No. Did you end up dusting for prints?
3: Well, we were asked if uh, we had called the uh, police and uh, maybe we would want to have these fingerprinted. And I thought, you know, they would probably laugh if we said, we want you to fingerprint an A1 bottle for us. So uh, we never did, did go to that extreme.
0: No. And, you know, our, our local police department, they weren't interested because there was no harm, no foul. Yeah, I mean, there yeah. was nothing sinister going on here. Yeah. It was just kicks and giggles.
2: And what was the motivation for stashing 55 A1 bottles in a library? That seemed to weigh on our staffers to an almost existential degree
3: thing that came up was who who uses this much A1 sauce even on the first five I've got a bottle that's been in my fridge probably for four years
0: <laughs> and we did our you know we're librarians in by maybe not by schooling but if um, that's just our nature is to to um, ask questions and so once we determined the that it was an A1 bottle um, You know, you just have so many questions. It's like, why A1? Who uses this much A1 sauce? Where do you get them? It must be somebody with a restaurant connection.
11: I really had no idea, but I thought, well, how do you have access to the number of bottles and that they're so clean and that the labels are taking, someone is taking a long time to set this up. I really would have liked liked to know their reasoning behind it.
9: But I will say I, like many others, generally interested in motivations and understanding it. Um, An A1 bottle is pretty unique in terms of, you know, it being an A1 bottle and, you know, looking for some kind of story behind it you know i have my own suspicions you know i'm curious to know is this somebody that has some special relationship with a1 either a fan of it were you working there um because to accumulate that many bottles uh, i feel like there's some some backstory to it too yeah uh
10: the main thing was what we wanted to know was like why and how did you come up with that you know out of all the things in the you know in the world you came up with A1 bottles hid in a library. Like, why? What was? Uh, is it? You know, what was the point of it?
2: Why do you think someone would choose a library to plant bottles?
6: Because it's one of the most random places you could think of to have A1 bottles randomly popping up. The staff at Avon Lake Library is very kind and like, they, <laughs> so. It's like if you were to do something like that, like this person, there would probably most likely be no negative consequences. In fact, we wanted to like join
8: in on the fun. Well, one thing we we have a lot of space. Well, maybe it
11: because it was close to home and a lot of different
2: hiding places. What what type of person comes to mind? Who do you who do you picture doing this? What what qualities come to mind, or or at least what's the profile?
5: Now, I kind of came to the conclusion that it was someone local, so it was convenient for them, and it was probably somebody who used the library or had used the library in the past, and I also thought it must be somebody who likes us reasonably well um, because there was no malice behind it um, that, that I could surmise. So um, I thought, well, we're convenient. They must must be fairly close
8: to home. Sure. Well, I think somebody who's pretty detail-oriented would be the first thing. And then definitely someone with a good sense of humor. You know, that always helps. And certainly somebody who likes steak, at least I'm assuming that's what they're putting their A1 sauce on.
9: I would think that it is definitely somebody that is aware of their surroundings. Um, our library... Unlike, uh, I think, many libraries that people think of, we don't have a lot of high shelves, so there's visibility for sure where if you've got that mov- movement, um, we're a pretty active library throughout the day. So um, there are a lot of other witnesses and eyeballs all around too. So this person has to have a certain level of uh, awareness of their environment and a stealthiness to be able to do it. I mean, we, we also have security cameras in addition to the staff and all the people floating around. And given the volume of the bottles, uh, this person has some, some special skill set. that's for sure.
1: Will library staffers turn on each other as Dewey Decibel closes in on the A1 mystery of Avon Lake? Join us after the break. The American Library Association is the voice of the library profession. We're your tireless advocate, working to ensure that your concerns and needs are heard and met on the local, national, and international stage. We connect you to friends and colleagues throughout the library world, helping to create vibrant, supportive professional circles. We help identify emerging trends and technologies that will allow you to better serve your patrons and communities today and in the future. But we need your support to do this. As 2017 comes to an end, consider contributing to ALA's annual fund. Your tax-deductible donation will help the association fight and work for you throughout the year. Last year was the first time that ALA conducted a targeted end-of-year fundraising drive, and we succeeded thanks to members and listeners like you who included us in your year in giving. ALA serves all types of libraries, and you can direct your donation to a specific ALA division or department if you choose. To learn more about the ALA annual fund or to make a donation, visit ala.org slash donate. If the A1 mystery of Avon Lake has inspired you to incorporate some mystery related programming into your library head to the ala store where you can find a plethora of resources to help you grab your patrons and get you on the way including uh, mind-bending mysteries and thrillers for teens a programming and reader's advisory guide or the reader's advisory guide to mystery the second edition or for those a bit more daring who want to try something completely different how about hosting a library mystery a programming guide that's at alastore.ala.org And now for the conclusion of the A-1 mystery of Avon Lake.
2: You've been identified by your colleagues, uh, Jill and Shay, as someone who's taken copious notes on this mystery, mm-hmm. the keeper of the case file, if mm-hmm. you will. Uh, you've talked to media outlets, I've seen your name out there.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, and you found the first bottle. Can you see how this could look suspicious to others?
3: Absolutely. In fact, we would sit around talking about this, and they'd uh, say, they'd look at me and say, it's you, Dan. And uh, after a while, our uh, security person who found the most bottles, we'd look at him and say, it's got to be you. So we would turn on each other a little bit with the idea that uh, we could be the people placing the bottles.
5: And I never thought, for a moment that it was anybody on staff. I suspected Jason. No, never.
0: But it got to, you know, after so long, at the time, um, we had a security um, guard on staff, and he was finding many, many of them. But that's his job, to walk the floor or whatever. So once we kind of got figured out, like, how they were hidden, then you start looking for them. And he was finding a lot of them. So, I mean, we would just joke among staff. It's like, hmm... Jason, you seem to be finding an awful lot of those. What's in your pockets? I was thinking it was security. I thought it was Jason.
10: Yeah, it kind of was a funny thing that a few of them said, you know, we're considering that it's you. And I'm like, hey, it ain't me. And then I kind of would joke around, you know, about it. But yeah, um, yeah, they thought, they actually thought it was
2: me. Uh, did you, did you ever suspect one of your co-workers of stashing these bottles? No. No. Public relations People tend to enjoy a good
8: story, and we certainly have been known to, you know, embellish and cre- be creative when it comes to uh, telling stories, and it never hurts libraries to have a, a, a good story. Um, I don't know, I mean, getting ready to retire, maybe she just kind of thought she had done everything she had, you know, could do. Um, and maybe this was something she
0: thought up, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Never seriously did yeah. we suspect a staff yeah. person. We just joked. We accused people all the time on staff. Oh, it must be you. Let's check that bag.
11: <laughs> I never thought of a library employee.
9: Maybe it's maybe it's a trustee leaving their legacy.
10: I never really, I don't think I ever suspected Dan. I don't think I did. I did suspect another person in the library. A couple of us had thoughts, but, uh, I'll
2: say that person's name, but it wasn't her. With staff members highly suspicious of one another, I decided to do my own grilling, pun intended. Have you ever tasted A1 sauce? Oh yes. You know, Tara, I don't believe I have ever tried it.
6: Oh yes, of course. It used to be like my go-to sauce when I was little.
0: I have tasted it, but I don't use it. Sure, I have a bottle in my fridge. Doesn't everybody? But my one bottle lasts me like three years and then it expires and I have to throw it out, you know, and go buy a new one. Have I tasted it? Yeah. Yeah. I have.
11: Oh, yes. But I don't usually use it because I like the the meat to uh, have its own flavor.
9: (laughs) A long time ago. I I say that because I'm a vegetarian and I, you know, don't have the opportunity to put it on steak. Um, I'm not sure what else A1 sauce can be used on.
2: What do you think? I'm
7: not a fan. My husband loves it.
3: I don't do it much. It's very good. I like it. Your... one.
7: Uh-uh. No, not mine. thing. <laughs> if the steak needs
2: steak sauce, it's not a good steak. <laughs> what would you say is your favorite condiment?
3: Um, dinosaur barbecue sauce.
2: Oh, good choice. Mayo. Mayo. That's a mm-hmm. good one. I don't know that I have a favorite. Probably barbecue
8: sauce. Oh, ketchup, hands down.
10: Um I should say one but that would be a lie um
0: I don't know uh catch up probably I'm gonna go with um soy sauce
11: well ballpark mustard mm-hmm. or we had some in the back that had some bourbon in it that was delicious <laughs> hmm
1: uh
9: hmm you know what, this is going to sound really generic, but I like pepper. Pepper is good, I like pepper on my eggs, and just that little kick. I like some heat on stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty boring that way really too, but
2: something as simple as pepper.
7: Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh, gosh. I don't, I don't use that much. Um, gosh, I guess good mustard. I like mustard. I'm a pretzel girl. I like good mustard.
2: <laughs> Do you eat steak? Yes. How do you like it cooked? Medium.
3: I have to have it cooked well.
2: Uh, Medium rare.
3: Medium.
0: With ketchup.
6: Uh, Medium rare.
0: Medium well. No A1 sauce though. I like my steak.
2: Medium.
10: I like my steak cooked um, medium well.
2: Medium. Do you have close friends or family members who work in a restaurant? No. Yes. I have a niece. No. I wish I did. No.
8: (laughs) No. I do not, actually. Most of them are in the medical field. No.
9: No, I do not.
10: (laughs) Yes. My fiancé actually works at the Winking Lizard.
2: Do you have any family or close friends who work for the Kraft Heinz Company? No. Okay.
8: (laughs) No. No. Not that I know of. I do not.
11: No. No.
9: No. No. Yeah.
11: No.
7: Uh Uh-uh.
9: No. However, I will admit, though she has since moved, um, there's a Heinz factory in Fremont, Ohio, not too far from here, and I had, I have an aunt that up until a few years ago lived in Fremont, and she has since moved, um, out of town. But I I vividly remember driving by the Heinz factory every time going into Fremont to visit her too. So that sticks out. That's the closest Heinz connection I can give you.
2: (laughs) It's close enough for me.
0: No, but I did contact them. So did I. Did you? Yeah. I had one guy reach out to me. Um, I wasn't sure. I, I sent the email to like two or three people and I got a response back from one gentleman that was forwarding my inform imprim- or my email <laughs> on to uh, because apparently there is somebody that is in charge of just sauces. You know, whatever the whatever the management system is at Kraft. Yeah. And I I never did hear back.
2: When I got back on Friday, I had an email waiting for me from a spokesperson from the Kraft Heinz company. It reads, hi Tara, thanks for reaching out and thinking about us for your story. We'll have to pass this time. So this really doesn't clear up whether this could be an elaborate marketing ploy to get steak sauce into libraries. Even though there was a fair amount of internal suspicion among employees, most employees ultimately suspected a patron was behind this.
6: Well... I definitely knew it was someone who was like a regular and it wasn't someone who went to high school because people found bottles in places during school hours.
8: Well, we do have a lot of regular patrons that come here. So personally, I think that it's definitely one of our patrons.
2: Did you ever catch anyone looking at the display oh, case always, longingly always. And, and and wonder maybe in the back of your head is that person responsible? Yes,
0: <laughs> you know, I mean everybody. You have every every library has regular patrons, and of course as they would come in or they carry a backpack, or we had one gentleman that always came in the library with two backpacks, and we thought, hmm, could it be him? I don't know.
10: It was, if we if it was a kid, you know. Was he still in the bottles? If he was an adult, why did he, you know, especially why did he do it? Like, it's weird.
2: I think it was Rachel Price, student page, who summed it up best.
6: Just because, like, so we had part, the pages and stuff, and people who went to poll books, but you could obviously tell if someone had bottles on their cart or someone had bottles in their hand going to grab something so I feel like it would be pretty obvious
2: if a staff did it. This is an observant, tight-knit, inquiring group. If it were a staff member, it would probably be obvious, or something that couldn't be hidden for too long. It certainly wouldn't reach 55 bottles worth. That's when I decided I needed to do my due diligence with what little time I had left in Avon Lake and run down some outside theories and leads. Right now, I am walking to Jake's on the Lake. It is the closest restaurant to Avon Lake Public Library and you know I just wanted to be thorough, run down all leads, see what their stake situation is. Okay, Jake's was a little bit of a dead end, not counting the 14 ounce ribeye that's now in my stomach. I'm gonna call Countryside Antiques, which is based in Avon, Ohio, the town south of Avon Lake. It's ringing. Hi, um, I had kind of a weird question for you. Um, I was wondering if you had any A1 steak sauce memorabilia in your store. (laughs) Do you have any other, like, condiment stuff? Uh, Ketchup? Mustard? No. Okay. I was just checking in for some some vintage items. Thank you. Bye-bye. I even consulted with two brand new friends, Don Pavlish and Taravanta, at the XYZ Tavern in Cleveland. I was seeking fresh eyes on the case, hoping that, both as vegetarians and people not employed in the library field, they could objectively pick this apart.
1: Have they thought about putting a nose? in the grocery store in the steak sauce aisle like some kind of
3: we're we're looking for more information anonymously communicating. Like, an anonymous, by tip by like an anonymous, like a box, a tip box next to the A one in the grocery store. <laughs> I think this is a retired school teacher, a retired that high school. English specific. It's a retired high school English teacher. Was a
5: lot of time. I'm gonna, general, I'm gonna right. back
2: away from that. At
3: all.
1: Well, she's retired, <laughs> right?
2: Uh, or it could be someone who's a or it could be no. like, it, why retired?
1: She's a retired high school English teacher,
3: and she's lamenting the fact that people aren't reading enough books. And so she's created this mystery, she's placed these bottles throughout the library, knowing that that's going to bring people to the library cause them to go all throughout the library, look at the shelves, and in the process of trying to find bottles, they're going to discover books and kindle a new relationship of reading.
2: could have been Why does it have to be a retired schoolteacher? I haven't figured out who done it, but I lost three pens today. I'm the worst f***ing detective. Alright, I'm headed back to Chicago this morning. I'm in Cleveland, waiting for my bus at the terminal. Just got dropped off. A weird coincidence. My Lyft driver, Keith, said he had heard of the A1 mystery. And he had wished he had known I was coming to investigate it. Because his cousins own Fortello's, a restaurant in Avon Lake. And this is why I wish I had a little bit more time here. Because... Strange stuff like this keeps popping up. Okay, I just played that back again. That's just the thing. Strange things happen in libraries every day. Maybe not 55 A1 bottles type of strange, but I'm sure every librarian has seen his or her share of weirdness. This notion of a universal experience was definitely rattling in my brain all the way home. Is, is this the weirdest thing you've experienced in a library? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, we get some weird things that come back in books. Money, stamps, photographs.
7: Money? money. Yes, money. Photographs, stamps, um, I've heard of someone getting a
2: piece of bacon for a bookmark once, but that wasn't here, it was a different library. Cooked or uncooked? (laughs) was good. Uh, You've you've previously worked for another library system in Ohio? I I did. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And is that Delaware County District Library?
8: I did. I worked with Delaware County District Library for six years as their marketing person. I I did check your LinkedIn.
2: Oh, did you? Okay. (laughs) Did uh, did anything strange happen under your watch while you worked there? Or anything Mm. like this? Does anything come close? Wow. Gosh. Um... Did anything like that
8: happen in our library? Um, you know, there's a lot of strange things that can happen at libraries, um, that's for sure. And, um, I can't say that I think... We didn't have anything that I would say was like this, um, that we had, you know, sort of a mystery happening. where we found physical items located. Um, the only thing I can think of is that supposedly our library actually was an old Carnegie Library and that it uh, had the spirit of an old library patron that would roam our our halls and building at night. Um, so that was supposedly something that happened um, at our library. But that's the strangest
2: thing, but no A1 saw us. So you went from a haunted library to a steak sauce library?
9: You know what, no, I, I've learned this is not my first uh, first library gig, um, and I've learned that libraries are always very interesting places, and our patrons are very interesting and dynamic individuals, so it was not surprising.
2: I thought back to why I went out there in the first place. What I expected to find. What I asked my interviewees that they expected me to find. What do you you think I'll find here when I'm in Avon Lake? What do you think this investigation will turn up? Do you think I'm smart enough to figure it out? Good luck to you. (laughs) We haven't figured it out.
0: (laughs) I think you'll find a staff and a library that embraced a funny story and rode the ride for as long as it lasted. Um, and had a great time with it, had a lot of fun with it. Um, You know, stories that were shared in the community and everywhere we went, people were talking about it and asking about it. Um, You know, it it doesn't get any better than that.
9: Hmm. Well, I would say you will, again, learn that, like many public libraries, we have a wealth of interesting individuals that both work here and visit the library. And uh, this community in particular is just a wonderful place to be. So it's not surprising that something as quirky and entertaining as the A1 Bandit has taken place here. It just adds to the already dynamic uh, elements and environment that this library and this community has too, it really is special.
2: And so I had to ask everyone, what is life after Steak Sauce? Are you better off for experiencing these events?
4: I just think it's a game. I just think it was, you know, it's just for fun, That and especially once um, it went viral, then it was even more fun because, you know, look what, I, look what I'm doing, you know, I'm getting all this attention. So I, I think it was all in good fun, and I was sorry it stopped, to be honest with you, it was just a lot of fun.
8: Um, several of us from our staff here at Even Lake Public Library attended an Ohio-wide library conference. And I can't tell you how many people came up to all of us who would say, hey, are you with the library? They had the A1 steak sauce. Like I said, I enjoyed it.
10: I really did. I mean, it was cool. At 3 o'clock, I got there. And, you know, when I first, you know, I always walked around the property, check everything, you know, immediately. And normally, on my first lap around, I, could, I would find one.
7: So it was fun. I mean, I, I took it as entertaining. I was like, okay, I'm number 15, yippee. Are you going to get that tattooed anywhere? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> you know,
8: I think that it was just really a fun um, mystery and, uh, you know, for patrons and especially, you know, I would say um, not just people who were patrons, but I would hear kind of throughout the county, hey, did you hear about the, the steak one sauce thing that's going on up at Avon Lake? Um, you know, it's just, it's good public relations, but, I mean, it's just, I think it just made people smile. And sometimes at the end of the day, you know, um, random acts of kindness or something that's just kind of whimsical and fun and kind of delights the senses and the mind about, you know, just a good, clean kind of mystery um, that's that's all in you know, good fun,
2: Um, you know, I think that does sort of make us better in some little way. If this is one of those universal experiences, one of life's great and impenetrable mysteries, a bright blip on an otherwise ordinary news day, a way to get one thinking about the order and chaos that looms larger than oneself, an ingress to interacting with one's community, a pleasant memory, or a wild ride, I'd say we're all better off for these 55 A1 sauce bottles. Maybe I'm not meant to unmask the bandit. Another detective should probably take the lead on that. You're out of your league, Dankowski. This was always a story about librarians for librarians. And I needed to see it for myself beyond the photograph.
1: That wraps the A1 mystery of Avon Lake. Or does it? Who do you think is behind this library who done it? Visit AmericanLibraries.org to browse Terrace case files, including photos, a floor plan of the library showing where the bottles were found, and much more. Then let us know at DeweyDecibel or find us on Twitter and Facebook. We want to hear your theories. Special thanks to everyone who made the A1 Mystery of Avon Lake possible. Kalita, Dan, Diane, Jason, Jill, Mary, Naj, Rachel, Shay, Vicky, and William in Avon Lake Public Library for bringing this story to life. Jamie, Rachel, Sam, and Sunita, our podcast production team. American Library staff for putting up with all of our crazy. Lauren for her wonderful design work. Don and Tara for their insights. And Brad Dickin and Bruce Bishop from the Illyria Chronicle Telegram for their inspiring coverage. And of course, our lead detective, Terry Dankowski. Music from Hanging from the Purgatory's Pendulum by MexUp and also from Real Suit Productions. Join us next month as we pick the brains of school librarians at the American Association of School Librarians Annual Conference in Phoenix, and much more. Once again, I'm Phil Moorhart, Associate Editor of American Libraries, and this is the Dewey Decibel Podcast. Tomato puree, water, tomato paste, distilled vinegar, corn syrup, salt, raisin paste, contains 2% or less of crushed orange puree, spices and herbs, dried garlic and onion, caramel color, potassium sorbate preservative, xanthan gum.